Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Bacon Warrior Podcast. On today's episode, we talk about the Big Ten schedule release, the Players' Tribune article written by Big Ten players, and Jacob Panashik's decision to opt out of the 2020 season. We have an interview with Lacey Roden, and then Mitch comes on and we finish our talk of Star Wars with Rogue One and Solo. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I absolutely 100% was not getting mad about a schedule for a season that is absolutely going to happen, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm joined by the boys, Lucas and Brett. Guys, what's going on? Oh, we got a football schedule. So, I mean. Did I introduce you, Mitch? Yeah. I introduced the boys. You said the guys. I said the boys, Lucas and Brett. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Lucas, before you were so rudely interrupted, what's going on? <laughs> oh, just out ruining football again. I went golfing today, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I saw that Big Ten schedule, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to fuck this shit up even more. So that's what I did today. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> so, Mitch is here. Mitch is joining us for the whole pod. We're going to wrap up our Star Wars conversation. Uh, today is a good episode. We have an interview with Lucy Roden. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting interview. I definitely think it's an interview. It's not what you think. It's not what you think it is going to be going into it. So I would highly advise you to stick around for that. Um, so let's jump right into it. The Big Ten released the schedule for the entire conference today. And. I have a hard time believing right now that the season's going to happen. So, you know, this I, – I know we have to talk about it for the sake of this podcast, but it, it feels so futile at this point. Yeah. You guys know what I mean? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's almost like kind of when the Big Ten tournament was – Canceled, not postponed, and then we were supposed to get excited for March Madness the week after. I mean, the writing's on the wall. I, I, speaking of, I just got an email from Michigan State Athletics about updating on-season tickets. Hmm. I'm just depressed looking at it. Like, it's just it's there, and it feels like a kick in the nuts. But I mean, MSU is going to have a bad year anyway, so I really wasn't like super pumped anyway. Yeah, I mean, here's here's MSU schedule as it stands right now. Now, whether or not the season gets moved to spring, I think is an interesting question. I'm sure if they can't have the season right now, it'll probably get moved to spring. And what that does to the schedule as it stands, I think is an interesting is an interesting point. So they start the season September 5th at home against Minnesota. Then they go to College Park to play Maryland. Northwestern at home. And then in back-to-back weeks, they go to Penn State, to Michigan. They have a bye week, and then Ohio State. And I'm looking at those first six games in the schedule, and – I see one and five. That's where I'm at. 
best case scenario uh two and two and four. Yeah. That that is yeah, that's my best case scenario for that stretch. Three and three um, three means that it's moving along a little better than or a little more advanced than we I'm, thought. I'm almost scared if he exceeds expectations this year because if he does that then the expectations get ramped up pretty high and it sets him sets him up for failure in the future that's a really interesting alternative yeah i think i want to i mean i I, i'd love to see him go six and oh but you know i think that's an interesting point you bring up about expectations um you know what my expectations for this team this year and you know it's not a knock on any of the guys who will be playing or tucker or their coaching staff but the position they're put in you know they just got off a two-week quarantine today yeah um you know the best case scenario i think is the absolute best case like over the moon just crazy how the fuck did they do that Give Tucker coach of the year is five and five. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Couldn't agree more. Like that's like divine. You'd almost have to alert the Vatican for like <laughs> proof of a miracle happening. That's like five wins out of this. It's not even, it's not even like his fault or the player's fault. It's like just a horrible situation. And like really the only thing I want to see out of this year, I need like record wise, it's going to be like, I want to beat Michigan, but, if, if oh, I don't win a game, there's only one thing I want to see is that this team rediscovers how to throw the football forward. Just that's all I want to see. Just throw the football. Yeah, uh, I want. I want to see. Uh, I want to see effort. Yeah. Like, like I feel like the team just gave up at the end last. You know, last year probably by October they were checked out. Um, I think that Penn State uh, game is like rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just. I don't blame the players at all. Um, unfortunately, Mark D'Antonio, probably the best coach we've ever had, didn't leave us in a good place. No. So, uh, no, remember, I, no D'Antonio slander. Remember uh, that. Uh, I, I love Mark D'Antonio. He's the best coach we ever had. He fucked us. The, I, I think the best buy. Go at, looking at this. Sorry, yeah, Sparta. I'm just no. You're good. I see four wins max. Like I don't see five and five. If he gets to five and five, that means he probably beats Iowa, Penn State, or Michigan, or or I say Iowa, Minnesota, or Michigan. And if he beat Michigan this first year, that'd be hilarious. If he went one and nine and beat Michigan, oh man, that'd be great. But I I see four wins as the max. Two wins as the ceiling. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I want to see is, like Mitch said, I, I don't want to see the team quit um, unless they're forced to because of COVID, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't want to see the team, you know, I want to see the team, like, finish games if they're, if they're allowed to finish games by the Big Ten. And I also want to see some kind of week-over-week improvement. You know, like, how right. how is the team – how is the team elevating itself from one game to the next, you know, and I don't necessarily, and I don't necessarily mean week over week improvement to mean like they're staying in games. Like, Ohio state's going to blow our shit out. That's Michigan's probably going to blow our shit out. Penn state's probably going to blow our shit out. 
but like, are they like doing things that are indicative of a team that's improving? That's all I want to see out of this year. That's all I wanted to see out of this year under normal circumstances. Like it's, it's going to be rough the first five games, I think, but that bye week say everything goes swimmingly and we, we're not going to get it, but say we absolutely actually do get this season. I could see like the bye week being, okay, you know, here's what we got to work on. And I, I just want the last half of the season to be like, okay, you can start to see like they can hang with, um, Iowa. you know, Iowa, they can hang with Indiana or beat them and they can beat Nebraska. You know, that'd be kind of cool. Like go off with a good win or two, you know, like, but the first, the first half of the season is going to be pretty brutal in my opinion. Whew, yeah. It's gonna be yeah. Rough. Just, yeah. It's going to be, it's, it's not going to be fun. No. But again, no. we're not going to, it's not going to be played. So, you know, this no. whole point, I mean, this whole point is, this whole conversation is moot. Right. Yeah. I mean, really, the team I kind of want to compare it to would be maybe 2017, where you're just coming off an absolutely like abomination of a season. And then the team just comes out of nowhere and surprises you. Like, they're, they're not great by any means. They're just competent enough to keep you interested. And you almost, like, feel bad for them, almost, like the lovable losers. I, don't know, I, I feel bad calling our team losers, but it's just the situation we're in. I mean, they're, they're in, like Mitch said, D'Antonio fucked us. I mean, I don't think I'm slandering D'Antonio when I rightly call him out for just absolutely bending, bending us over a barrel and not buying us dinner afterwards. He right in the best buy. down what he started. That's just that the the yeah. point. He did. Um, do you want to do like game by game real quick, or season prediction? <laughs> like like actual put put a number to it, or uh, yeah, we can go. So, um, Minnesota, Minnesota's an L. Sink the boat. Sink the boat. Loss. Uh, loss. You a big L. I think it's going to be a two touchdown loss at minimum. Yeah. Uh, Maryland. Win. W. Yeah, I win. think that's going to be a win. I have Maryland as a loss. I Really? Yeah, I think Mike I think Loxley, Mike Loxley year two, I think he's got his system in place now. He's got guys who are bought in. And, you know, Maryland wasn't a bad team. And we're getting early season Maryland. That's the thing you guys got to remember. We're not getting week mm. nine Maryland. We're getting week Texas Maryland. Texas is not back when they yeah. play Maryland. <laughs> so, you know, we're getting, like, rank 18th in the country, beating Texas by 35, Maryland. We're not getting, like, fumbling the ball six times and losing to Northwestern Maryland. You're so not that's wrong. That's the thing you got to keep in mind. They're yeah, fat out. Yeah. Northwestern win. That's an absolute win. win. That's an absolute win. That's – that uh, should be a win, I'll, but I've been wrong many times before. I'll, yeah, Northwestern's Northwestern's always fucky. Northwestern always scares me, but it's at home. Uh, uh, it's a there. game we should win. I I feel like, um, I don't know that we will because, like you said, Northwestern always does weird shit. So their offense was historically bad last year, and they yeah, but. They still got uh, Hunter Johnson, right? They still got the five-star transfer. Like, Correct. that that was a kid who was there last year. He's in his second year now. Correct. Which quarterback? Didn't they get a quarterback? That's Hunter Johnson. He's a five-star okay. quarterback transfer from Clemson. 
but okay. they don't have they don't have anyone they don't have any weapons around him. That's a win. Yeah, Penn yeah. State loss. I don't think we can lost time. Like, uh, like James Fran- James Franklin's going to score seventy on us just because he's still pissed that Jack Jack Allen ran in that touchdown. Mer- yep. M- yep. Yeah. Michigan big fucking loss. That's going to be yeah. an insufferable day on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh god. It's going to be worse than forty four ten. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna that's be gonna uh, be, that's gonna be one of those days where you just log off, or when they come at you, you just say, "That's yeah, you gonna be a day ass. where you shut the window, Mitch." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like some of us are gonna get unblocked. Big maze. Uh, Rucker, <laughs> Rucker's win. Year one, of Seattle, I think we, it's win. a win. Are we just – we're just skipping Ohio State? We're going to pretend Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, Ohio State, yeah. Ohio State, that might be worse than Michigan. Oh, yeah. Oh, that will be worse. Michigan, Ohio State might hang 80. Yeah. Um, Rutgers win. win. Yeah, they're, they're, st- they're still Rutgers. Uh, Iowa, Iowa loss. I don't – Close loss. I'm going on yeah. a record – Close yeah, loss. it'll probably be a little closer cl- closer than the experts think. But seven still. to ten points. Seven uh, to ten points. Still I don't know. Matt Sheehan said someone's winning that game sixty three to seven. <laughs> That's gonna be <laughs> it's not, Yeah, it's Halloween. Yeah. It is it's it's Halloween at Kinnick. Oh god. Oh never mind. Wave well, it's empty. The stadium's gonna yeah. be empty. That's true. Uh, oh I almost made a bad joke. <laughs> <It's gonna be laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> Indiana, um, I'm gonna say win. I'm gonna go out there and well, no, wait, shit, I didn't. I'm an idiot. I'm gonna say loss. Yeah, nine nine. Indiana is very much in play. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Uh, that's insert, another toss up game. We insert could, Marcus Penix joke here. Yeah, <laughs> we probably lose, but we could win. That could be a three-point victory, like a win by a field goal or some shit. Yeah, like it was last Nebraska. year. Could be a could be, could be a McMuffin special. Yeah, Nebraska. I'm saying a win. I I do not believe Scott Frost is the answer. I don't know. I'm calling that a loss. Yeah, I'm calling Nebraska a loss. I think it would be a loss too, but we could win. I I don't I, don't, I, I don't think Scott Frost is that good. I think we're that bad. Yeah, I think those last three are just all toss-ups. <laughs> Lucas, going into this conversation, you were like, "This, this is going to be a disaster of a season." You have him at like four got, and six. I think he's got like seven <laughs> wins on there. Well, I said yeah. four wins is the ceiling, so I guess I'm. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like like we said earlier, like if we win five games, build build the statue. If uh, Mel Tucker wins five or six games, if he wins six games, he's winning Coach of the Year. Yeah, full prediction. Yeah. Because that means he knocks off Michigan or. Penn State or Ohio State, like one of those three, and, no, I, I, and rides that momentum. Uh, the most, I feel like the most likely scenario is three wins. Yep, I'm I'm going three or four wins. Yeah, I think two's. Pro- I I have them at two. Four is probably the ceiling. Yeah. So since the schedule came out, there have been a couple developments. The first one is uh, defensive end Jacob Panashuk has decided to exercise his red shirt. He will Good not play him. this year. Yeah. He posted a note statement 
which states, after careful consideration and discussion with my family and coaches, I have decided to redshirt this upcoming season. It is my intention to come back and finish my senior year at Michigan State University. Our country is facing difficult times with many unanswered questions regarding COVID-19. Unfortunately, with the uncertainty of, of the effects of COVID-19, I cannot risk my health and safety in order to play football this season. During these tough times, I will support my teammates in any way I can. Hashtag go green. I think it's the best decision for him, and I think it's the best decision for us. Correct. Yeah, yeah that's – this is a this is a nice kind of long term decision for both Panashuk and the staff, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if other players who still have their red shirts available wouldn't be would be following in Panashuk's fo- footsteps. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and it's just yeah, like you said, it, I mean, it's a smart move for him. That's something you'd expect from somebody who's from Tammy Dockworth's district to make. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, that, that came on the heel of a Players' Tribune article uh, titled yeah, hashtag yeah. Big Ten United posted by uh, the players of the Big Ten um, mm-hmm. with more than 1,400 players across the conference having input. It was posted on, ha- on behalf – it was posted for the players – by College Athlete Unity, and, you know, compared to the Pac-12 letter that was written last week, there are, these demands seem pretty reasonable, and it's kind of crazy that most of these aren't already in place. Uh, The big takeaway quote here is, The NCAA's laissez-faire approach is forcing each conference and each school to create its own plans, resulting in inconsistent policies, procedures, and protocols, which is something I think is a microcosm, you know, not to get too into the weeds here politically. I think that's a microcosm of the problem America as a whole is facing with regards to COVID-19. You know, I think there's an unwillingness on the part of anybody within the NCAA or government to be the bad guy and make the tough decision. So everyone is kicking the can down the road and waiting until the last possible minute to make a decision. And that's causing a massive disruption and causing way more pain than, than there needs to be right now. And E2 and D3 have canceled the fall championships as well. Today. Which is which is the right thing to do. And, you know, the shit they're calling for is kind of crazy that it's not already – like they're asking for whistleblower protections. Like that's something that should already be in place. Well, <laughs> good news on that end is uh, a resident Michigan blogger, uh, Sleeping Beauty, he opened up his DMs for – any athlete or coach to come through and be a whistleblower under full protection. So they, oh, uh, good. they have that avenue. Oh, yeah, great. They'll probably miss the message. We'll be taking a nap. <laughs> no, but one thing I did notice in this is kind of in the first section, the oversight and transparency, how uh, they want the third party uh, approved by players to administer the testing. I did hear the commissioner mention that during his interview on the big 10 network earlier, how that was kind of the plan is that's going to be the most, fair and safe 
route for them to take because, I mean, you don't know if some team or program would use that as some type of competitive leverage. Um, obviously, you don't want to see that. So clearly, and you're going to want to have testing come back relatively quick too. I, I don't know. I kind of wish that was in here somewhere as well. Well, they, that's nothing they mentioned. Really they mentioned that the two tests were were what they, they wanted two tests a week for high contact sports, and they wanted a third test uh, two hours prior to games or something. It, uh, it was in there. Here's their here's their t- in season testing of all of the above. Three days per week. So all the above pertains to college athletes, coaches, trainers, medical staff, nutrition staff, referees, media, and basically anyone who comes into contact with Mm -hmm. face-to-face contact with players. They want testing twice per week with FDA-approved tests with less than 1% false negatives. If you recall to the Matthew Stafford saga that happened yesterday (laughs) – You'll recall how big of a deal false false positives can be right. and false negatives. Um, additionally, testing on the day of competition or within 24 hours of competition for each team that can be quarantined with an FDA-approved test with less than 5% false negatives with results delivered at least two hours before competition. Right. So they want the, rap- they want the regular test and they want rapid tests. Right. Which which they should have. No, yeah. Like, that's something that should already be in place. It's kind of crazy well, well, that they're well, already asking – that they have to ask well, for this. Whatever whatever test the White House is using is what we should be using on college kids that we're forcing to perform for our entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, I did – this is kind of off the tangent, but I did watch the Axios interview, and they asked about um, when that test would be available for everybody. And there was no clear answer. But like uh, Mitch said, that should be something that is used because you don't want somebody on the Saturday morning. I, I don't know. It, I just don't see how this is going to work. Yeah. This is, this is lunacy. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. Uh, I if, give it, what, two weeks? Yeah. I'm giving you two weeks. If players have to ask in a Players Tribune article for temperature checks for people entering the athletic facility, then we're already fucked. Like if this is shit that player that staffs and coaches and programs aren't already doing, then we're way past we're way past salvaging this season. Yeah, and Michigan State Athletics, they were doing all these things prior. I mean, they were showing videos on their Instagram of you had to go through a double check to get in any type of athletic yeah. facility and they still had a massive outbreak. Yeah. Like College kids are going to be college kids, whether we like it or not. Yeah, they're going to be the, surrounded by their I, peers. I, 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 the only way this works, and the NHL and the NBA have shown this, the only way this works is if you bubble, and you can't bubble college kids. So, no. unless you keep all the other kids off campus and you create like a faux bubble. So, oh, speaking of keeping the kids off the campus, problem. did you did you guys see uh, what Michigan, the, the University of Michigan, told its students today? <laughs> Nuts. I saw yeah. that Stanley told MSU students that if you can stay home. Stay yeah. Home. So that, yeah, that's what Stanley said. But um, Schleisel or whatever U of M's president's name is, he said, uh, two weeks for campus, make sure you're taking your temperature twice a day. Um, don't go to social gatherings at all. Don't go <laughs> to work. 
staying like he just said two weeks before you go to campus, lock it down, don't go anywhere. <laughs> like, are you gonna pay? Are you gonna pay their bills? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you, you tell all these kids to stay home, right? And people like my brother, who's a sophomore at Michigan State right now, right? He's going back to campus, but he's only going back to campus because he signed a 12-month apartment lease. And he yeah. can't – you think DTN's going to be like, oh, you're choosing to stay home because, oh. because of COVID? Oh, don't worry about rent. You don't have to pay yeah. rent. You think DTN or CRMC is going to give a fuck? About you could die in, you could literally die in DTM and still charge your family for the yeah, twelve months. DTM would be like, oh, find a sub lease, <laughs> <laughs> put it in the obituary. <laughs> you could you could rent a DTN apartment, not move in, not touch it for twelve months, turn in your keys, and you'd still lose your security deposit. <laughs> so it, it's nuts. That's what I'm talking about. College, how like this isn't gonna this isn't gonna work. I don't know why people keep thinking like it's gonna be different than it was like when the outbreak first started. Like I just don't. Yeah, it's fucking money, right? Like 35 million people are unemployed, yet the top one percent earned an extra half a tw- trillion dollars during the pandemic. We really got our fucking priorities in line. Yeah. So, um, and one one good thing. One good thing that if this schedule does get played, and maybe even if it doesn't, I don't know exactly how it would work, we will no longer have OSU and U of M at home mm-hmm. the same year and on the road the next year. It will be staggered. The Big Ten Thank came God. out and said that today. That's why the U of M game got switched this year. The Indiana game got switched, and there were like four other games, so they could stagger those from now on. So long run competitive balance. If they reset everything, like they said, even if we don't play this year, it's good. Lucas, I want to get your thoughts on this piece of news specifically. I don't want to hear anyone else's input. I just want to hear Lucas's. What? Microsoft could buy TikTok for as much as $30 billion. What are your thoughts? Uh, I hope they buy it and they end it so Cassie doesn't watch TikTok the whole goddamn night. <laughs> I am snacking. And we oh. <laughs> and I love then, I love TikTok, but I deleted it. That's the thing. TikTok TikTok may oh. end, but snacking girl is gonna live forever. Yeah, thanks to <laughs> thanks to Shardy Zandro. He he was like, uh we watched Hamilton and she's like, that's oh, okay. And then she started watching TikToks, you know, with especially with like the King George songs, mm-hmm. and um, and then the you know I don't want to say no to this side, like when he's horny on Maine for that one chick, and uh, gonna cheat on his wife, and and then all of a sudden she's like watching it every other day. She's like, I'm gonna put Hamilton on, and I blame TikTok, and the, it's the one good thing Trump can do is ban TikTok, or make Microsoft buy it and keep it American, but. Just buy it and write it thirty billion dollar write off. I'm sure it'll be okay. That's that's my rant on TikTok slash Hamilton. Did you guys anybody- see uh, that the Raiders told players that John Gruden uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen just to see how they would react, just as a goof? Oh my god! Just, is- as, a, just as a LARP. Was it, May- was it was it was it was it Mayock? Uh, Hey guys, I tested positive for COVID nineteen. I guarantee it was Mayock. 
You know, that's some uh, shit that that's some shit that Gruden and Mayock would cook up because they're both it, idiots. Uh, they're, not, Rich, they're, they're doing a good job. Uh, Raiders, the Raiders had logged into a Zoom meeting expecting to be addressed by Gruden, only to hear from assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Rich Bisakia. Rich Bisakia, that Gruden was hospitalized with COVID nineteen. That wasn't true, but Gruden's and the Raiders staff wanted to test how the players would react. Oh my God. And okay. prepare them for this most unprotectable. It's it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> what they what did they? So what? I I guess what were their reactions? That's what I need to know. There wasn't there wasn't anything in there, but it was probably it's like uh it was it's like a Talladega Nights when they told him when they told Ricky that Glenn died when they were working on the car, <laughs> and then they see him walk. Glenn, is that you? And he's like peeking around the corner. <laughs> the Raiders and Hondo, a match made in heaven. Oh, oh my god. I'm John Gruden and welcome to Jackass. I'm gonna prank my players. <laughs> I tell you what, man, they did not handle it well. I I read the room, man. <laughs> That's so funny. I, that that team's such like a circus. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. I thought it was gonna be the biggest failure and somehow it just it's it's almost just kind of working now. What, they, Gruden? they deserve. Yeah, Gruden and Mayock. They deserve <laughs> Vegas. They deserve Vegas, man. That's crazy. Oh, man. That's the perfect team for them. Perfect. They're a show. Um, what what do you guys think about the whole Stafford thing? You know, since we're on football with the, you know, the false positive and Kelly's just ape shit rant. Well, not ape shit, but she she wasn't happy. You could tell she was not happy. Here's the thing. I I agree with what Kelly Stafford said. Yeah. If you're going to post someone publicly on this person is on the COVID reserve list, then you should make sure that they have COVID because that has a ton of ramifications for the people around them. Right. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about a rich white woman's struggles right now. But it's probably still a pain in the ass to, like, have to go through that. And I Especially with all of her issues, like, you know, brain brain cancer and the – don't the kid – didn't one of the kids have something? No. They just had a newborn. They, yeah, they, they, yeah, they have a newborn. Yeah, they like a newborn baby girl. All right, so with all that, yeah, like that family's been through it, and like all general consensus is, I mean, they're just great people. Like they don't yeah. get in any trouble. They just help the community, and then for this to happen to them, it's just like that's horrible. Like I mean, I I was joking about it, and Mitch and I were kind of like talking about how like oh it's the lions who did this or whatnot <laughs> obviously like it wasn't the lions who did the test it's funny because this is only going to happen to them like have their franchise player had the false negative that it, was my that was apparently my not reaction. apparently like, not the damn raiders are out here pranking their <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. they're telling the coach is dead and whatnot <laughs> fucking ashton, ashton kutcher bust into the zoom meeting <laughs> you just got punked all this, all this stafford stuff does is feed the lions twitter detroit Versus everybody, baby. Yeah. Detroit versus go. antibodies. <laughs> that should That's be a, a new shirt. one. Be so that good. should be, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, 
let's throw it to our interview with uh, Lucy Roden. Uh, real good interview. You know, I didn't throw her any softball softballs by any means. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll come back after that on the other side and we'll talk solo and Rogue One. All right, we now welcome on Lucy Roden. Uh, Lucy, you may know from her many, many videos on Twitter. Lucy, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing, you know, just dandy. You know, today's yeah. today's been a real today's been a real blast for us here in Spartan Land. So we're <laughs> <laughs> we're going, baby. We're getting through it. Um, Lucy, we wanted to have you on because you know. Uh, you have gained a little bit of attention on MSU Twitter. I guess we can call it attention. For, <laughs> That's a um, very generous term. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for some of your videos. And I just want to start off by saying you posted a TikTok of Big Ten schools at parties, and you didn't have MSU make it past the pregame. What the fuck, man? I like, do you thought, know what we do? <laughs> I thought it was like a compliment, actually. Like, you go so hard that, like, you don't need to go to the bars after. I actually thought I did MSU some justice there. But I've never partied in East Lansing. I actually have a fun story for you guys. Uh, I've been to East Lansing twice before, and I got my fake ID taken there once. So I never, <laughs> made, it, I never made it to the bars in East Lansing, so my drunk girl couldn't do it either. How Where'd you, you get it taken at? Yeah, this uh, is. It was a field house. Oh yeah, oh, that's a, yeah, that's a non-starter. If you, yeah, if... I, I told my buddies, I was like, guys, this is not Iowa City. Like, this is not going to work. I'm not going to get into these bars. And they were like, no, 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 you got it. You're totally good. First bar, he just looks at me, puts it in his pocket, and was like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, all right, have a good night. <laughs> All over back to the hotel now. That's a big dick move from the bouncer, honestly, to not say a word and go, yeah, this is fake. Just put it in his pocket. At some point, right, you just got to respect the hustle, you know? I, mean, just, I was going up there with a fake idea. I was I was going up there with the risk. I knew if, if it was fake, I had no argument. So I was like, all right, well, there goes that one. <laughs> Good thing they always ship you two. That's the one thing I remember is, like, you always get two when you get fakes. I never got one, of course. I would never submit myself to that kind of illegality, but I would never incriminate myself like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, there are so many Lucy Rodines out there. We don't know who this one is, so we can't really point whether it's me with a fake ID or somebody else. We don't if, – if any police officers are listening to this, I'm, I'm 22 now. Yeah, that poor, that poor Lucy out in somewhere, Illinois, who just – who's just having her identity stolen. You got to feel for her, you know, at some level. <laughs> It's a rough day. It's a rough day for Lucy's across the world. <laughs> All right. So um, your, your news videos, did you yes. produce those yourself or were those like, or were those like in a studio somewhere? Um, so they started, I, I mean, I produce everything I do. I, I produce myself. I edit myself. I write myself. I'm a one man band. Um, and I was using the University of Iowa Journalism School's like TV studio. Uh, I'm, I'm freelance. I do all my stuff on my own. So originally that's what I was doing. 
uh, now I am, you know, really living it up in my, my parents' basement. So I have a makeshift green screen and I'm doing it at home. It's not the most quality, but it gets the job done. Hey, you know, parents' basement, you really speak in my language, you know, as you can <laughs> tell, you know, I, I'm not balling to have a Miss Pac-Man machine, you know, I, I don't, I don't got it like that. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess our first, you know, you're, you're campaigning to uh, work at bar school right now. Um, a question all three of us have is uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think your listeners will um, appreciate or maybe not respect. I think respect is a far ways away from me and, and the people in East Lansing. Uh, <laughs> but I think they'll appreciate my answer. I, I kind of say and I do what I want. Um, and I don't really care if the work that I put out there upsets people. I kind of like to be controversial. I like to say what I think and try to make it as funny as I can. And a lot of people think it's funny and a lot of people think it's very much not funny. Uh, hmm. Both are valid. And so Barstool is kind of like the best opportunity for me to put out controversial content, not have to worry about kind of what my bosses think over it and to do stupid stuff because I'm sure you guys have watched my videos. Um, I'm sure you didn't like them and that's okay. Uh, but I, it's very obvious that I'm not, you know, campaigning to be a serious journalist. I'm not, that's not what I want to do. Uh, hmm. I want to be satirical and I kind of want to make dumb videos and I want to make stupid stuff and I want to, you know, piss people off. That's, that's my MO, you know? So Barstool is the perfect place to kind of do that. I respect the transparency. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you guys. No, here, I? <laughs> so like, follow, you know, with the Barstool Lucy stuff, you know, the hashtag and everything, like, does anything that, I mean, I'm, I'm a Barstool guy. Like I love part of my take and um, uh, Spartan Dog and I met on like a Barstool subreddit for Lights, Camera, Barstool. And, but I've always not liked Dave Portnoy. Like, does anything he do really bug you or is he is speaking of how you said bosses like, is he someone that you would definitely want to work for in a heartbeat? I, I think so, because I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not like Portnoy. We're very different. We obviously have achieved very different levels of success in our life. Right. Um, but he, he's unapologetically himself, and that's something I really respect. And I think that's something that's really hard to find nowadays, because everyone's just so worried about what they're going to say how they're going to look and he just doesn't care about that and sometimes it's definitely to a fault but I really do respect that. Uh, I kind of see the way he goes to bat for his employees and if you're on his good side it seems to be a great place to be and you're if you're on his bad side I definitely that's not somewhere you want to be so I would like to work for him. I respect him a lot you know he's built that company from just handing out flyers in Boston to what it is now and so I mean, you have to respect the hard work, and I and I I love a person who is unapologetically themselves, who who says what they want and they do what they want. And you know, sometimes I wouldn't necessarily say or do the things he would do, but I know a lot of people wouldn't say or things that, or do the things I would. So hmm. I hope that kind of answered the question. I feel like I did. No, that that more than answered it. That was, yeah, that I was just curious about that. So here's you know the. 
this is going to be like the one, like, this is going to be the one, you know, like serious hardball question I want to throw at you. So oh, you are welcome to ask any question you guys want. Okay. So, um, you know, in your past videos, I think the videos that have gotten the MSU fan base the most <laughs> riled up have been the ones where you have made light of you know, sexual assault at MSU. And, you know, that, that, that's the stuff coming from, you know, three, three MSU fans and MSU alumni where that stuff really kind of pisses us off because we, we had no, we didn't have any say in what Dr. Nasser did. I, you know, mm -hmm. all three of us found it personally reprehensible and, you know, I, I can't speak for Brett or Lucas, but I know I went to a series of rallies and protests and, you know, I don't think what happened went far enough. You know, I always, my whole thought process is that there's this whole level of people in the middle who knew about what happened and are never going to get punished. And I, that doesn't sit well with me. So like when people try to tie it into the wider MSU athletics picture, and it just doesn't – I don't like it because it – to me, this is just to me. I, you know, you may feel differently. Other people within MSU may feel differently. But to me, it feels like it's, one, invalidating the work that students did to try to make MSU a better place for both women and try to rectify the situation. And, two, it – tries to bring a level of sensationalism that people can only care about a culture of sexual assault if it's happening within a, a, an athletic program that generates revenue, right? Like it reminds me of this Washington Redskins piece in the Washington Post, right? Where everyone in the lead up to the release of the article was talking about, oh, you know, Dan Snyder snorting coke off cheerleaders' asses and pimping them out. And it's really this reprehensible piece about a toxic culture within the business side that doesn't, but it wasn't, you know, Dan Snyder snorting Coke off asses. So people, you know, don't care. So that's, that's personally how I feel. That's, that was a little rambly, I know, but that was how, that's how I felt when, you know, I saw, I saw stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to comment on that. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, I would say kind of the big, video I'm I'm kind of assuming you're you're referring to is is my Mark D'Antonio video. Um that was what kind of thrust me into the the Michigan State spotlight for sure. Um I want to make sure I word this correctly. Uh even though being honest, I think we all know no matter what I say, people still aren't gonna like me and that's okay. Um I totally get where you're coming from and I, I really respect and appreciate your opinion here. Uh, when I say the things I do, um, with it's never ever my intention to bring any sort of kind of humor, comedy, any sort of, you know, lightness to the situation of what did happen. That was awful and disgusting, and, and obviously there's nothing funny about that. What I'm, and I'm not trying to attack, I'm, let me reword that a little bit. I kind of think it still does tie into the athletic department, whether people want to admit it or not. Um, and specifically the example kind of that back that I feel like backs that point up a little bit was 
when Luke Fickle turned down the job because he said there's still kind of a campus culture problem uh, within the athletic department at Michigan State. Um, and so I think what I'm trying to do, what I was trying to do with that Mark D'Antonio video was one, I do, I did not, I think there were some interesting circumstances to Mark D'Antonio leaving and I, and I mapped those out and whether you agree with that or not, that's, that is what it is. Um, but I do think it is still tied into the athletics department. And I think that I agree with you the way that Michigan state handled that uh, original just tragedy was, I mean, it was horrible. They could have done so much more and they probably still could do so much more. And I do still think it ties into the athletic department, which is why I kind of make the jokes and the comments I do. Um, I guess that's sort I don't know. I hope I hit all the points that you wanted me to, if not, please feel free to ask me more questions. Well, I, I would like to counter that just by saying, you know, I, I, I do agree with you, right? Like gymnastics fell under the athletic department and, you know, there certainly are still people within the athletic department who still work and still collect a paycheck from MSU that to a degree knew what was going on. And that's still wrong. You know, like, there are people who have paid the price for their, for their willful ignorance. And, you know, Luana K. Simon is never going to work in academia again, and she shouldn't. Larry Nasser is never going to see the light outside of a jail cell, and he shouldn't. But, like, that, you know, D'Antonio has had issues, as had, you know, every coach in college football. And as – as far as he handled the situation that I'm sure you were referring to in your video, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but you know, he reported it to the authorities and, and, you know, did went through the proper channels and, you know, if the proper channels were not doing their job correctly, then I don't know what, what people expected him to do. You know, he did kick those players off the team. And in the case of some of those players, they maybe should have never been offered. And, you know, I, I fault Antonio for that. I truly do. I don't think that yeah. someone like Austin Robinson should have never stepped foot on MSU's campus, but no way. you know, from, from my perspective, it, you know, I, I think that, you know, that every program, every, every campus has a sexual assault issue. That's, that's indisputable. There's, you know, it's a, it's a worldwide issue of people not respecting women. That's, and I'm sure, you know, you can agree with that. And, you know, I'm, but it, it's just, I don't, you know, the circumstances surrounding D'Antonio's departure are that, he was probably only going to coach one more year anyway. This is from my perspective. He was probably only going to coach one more year anyway. The team was going to struggle. And if this was truly the point in the season where the point in the year where he retired, where he said it was a quote unquote reset of, you know, the team, then he may have found that that's the right time to retire. It just sucks that his calendar didn't align with the normal NCAA coaching carousel. That's my, that's my perspective. Yeah. Um, so 
when I kind of make jokes about D'Antonio, I'm not even usually really referencing that that situation specifically. Um, you guys know I'm not. I'm an Iowa grad, um, and Michigan State's had our number the past few years. Um, and I just, you know, you have little blips. Uh, like I thought Michigan State faked injuries against Iowa a couple years back, um, and then which, I mean, no one said – there was one quote that kind of, like, implicated that they did, but, you know, that's, that's fan perspective. You're always going to think that. Um, and then, as well, there was one player against – I can't remember his name, but he got arrested on a Thursday and played against Iowa on Saturday. And that's just not kind of – until recently, that was not what I was used to with the Iowa program. And so, when, I'm, when I make jokes about D'Antonio, I'm not – I'm really – rarely ever referencing a very specific situation. I just feel like from my perspective, from an outside perspective, which, and someone who hasn't liked Michigan State, I had really nothing against them until they all hated me, which is fair. They had a reason to, um, was, it was just kind of like little incidents like that. Um, so yes. And with going on to, so my original video, what I, why I made that video about Mark D'Antonio is one, I made tons of videos just about current events in the Big Ten and they didn't get a whole lot of traction, but they, you know, they were for my, my kind of small fan base of, of Iowans who watched my stuff uh, with my thing with Mark D'Antonio is he, you know, stepped down the day after the newspaper in Detroit says that he's got NCAA violations coming his way the day before national signing day. That's, I mean, it's just, and what, two, three weeks after taking several million dollars for a retention bonus. I mean, I, I find it hard to look at that calendar and not, not, have question marks and that's why I made that video because I thought no that's a funny situation in my opinion I think it's funny to you know have that happen like and someone kind of had to put it out and lay it out there and that's why I did that and I understand why people were angry with me for it I mean no one wants to see some random chick trashing their team on Twitter trashing their coach like I get it um but that's kind of you know, that's how I interpreted that situation. I thought that timeline was really interesting. And so I put that video together and, you know, I don't regret doing it, but that's just kind of how that came about. I feel like I answered a question I didn't ask, but. No, and, you know, I, I do, you know, I, I can see from an outside perspective how that looks wrong. But, you know, from the, from the, looking from the other side, those allegations were made by, grifter lawyers who have been sanctioned by courts for leaking information to the press. And, you know, I, I agree that, you know, that was the one I wrote a blog. I was, that was titled Mark, you fucking idiot about his, <laughs> about, you know, like the, like a week and a half before national signing day to step down is just terrible timing. And, you know, if that truly is when he resets his team and resets the roster, that is a terrible time to reset your team and reset your roster. So, you know, but I, I understand how it looks from an outside perspective, but you know, the, from an, you know, from an inside perspective, you know, those allegations were made by a, a staff member who did try to cover up sexual assault and did try to do some serious stuff and was fired by D'Antonio and then tried to, tried to sue everybody in his way different three different times to get some kind of payout and got it thrown out every step of the way. So that's just, that's, that was our, that's how we saw it from our perspective. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all different looking from the inside, looking from the outside. I mean, I try, I don't, I don't take this, I mean, it's serious stuff, but I don't take these videos too seriously. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to, you know, crack a couple jokes, whether they're funny or not. That's up to people. I don't, I'm not a news source. I don't think anyone comes to me for serious commentary or anything like that. And I try not to offer it. So kind of with your videos, like, Obviously, you've become like a presence in the Michigan State Twitter uh, universe. What's like, I mean, I'm sure you get some comments in your videos that necessarily aren't the most pleasant. Do any of them stand out that you've just had to like step back and laugh at? Like, do you have a favorite like tweet or like things that you've seen that just make you laugh? Am I allowed to say any word on this podcast? Yeah, oh, oh fuck yeah. Go, go fucking nuts. Okay. Um, I get, I will be honest. I'm sure you guys are not surprised to hear this, but the Michigan State Twitter community doesn't exactly love me. Um, <laughs> really? We are not buddy-buddy. Um, and they have had some choice words for me. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite ones. Uh, God, probably a week or two ago, someone tweeted at me and told me, this is the word, I hate saying this word. So I hope you know, I don't want to say this word, but for the sake of just understanding what sent at me all the time, um, you are a cunt with loose pussy lips. Whoa. Go sit on a corn of cob, you bit. Um, <laughs> corn of cob, not, yeah, corn of cob. Corn that of cob. Nice. Um, I get a ton of farmer's daughter's jokes, which, like, I grew up in a suburb in North Carolina. Like, fuck off. Um, I get, I got one that said, um, don't forget to take your penicillin, you festering blob of Iowa skankitis. Oh, um, that was, I liked that one. I thought that was pretty creative. Oh. Um, this one, you I don't, know. You don't hear festering a lot in 2020. You got to yeah. respect. He, he, that guy went into the bag. Oh, that guy, no, that guy went deep into the bag. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, I get a lot. Most of them are, they're not nice. Uh, but, you know, you learn your way around them. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, this guy definitely searched this up on the internet, but I thought, damn, you really went out of your way to send this to me. Um, you are the reason I'm an atheist because there's no <laughs> way God could have created something as awful as you. Uh, God. Yeah. Uh, and just so you know, I get these from probably some of your listeners daily, literally daily, um, which is fine. I mean, I've pissed people off. Granted, Oh, people sending, oh, oh my God, someone sent me something a few weeks ago. I actually almost got really mad at this one. Just calling me a joke, whatever. And then said, I can tell your father abused you as a child. And I'm just, what? Yeah, Holy fuck. Yeah, that's, and, that's uh, I get this a lot. Um, God, there's, you know, it's what bother. I don't care. If you want to tweet something mean at me, guess what? I don't give a fucking shit. Do it. Um, but when people go out of their way to DM me mean stuff, you're like, who hurt you? Like, what happened to you? Like, people will DM me and be like, you're a fucking whore, or like, your father abused you as a child, or your boyfriend smashes someone else on the side, and uh, oh, I death threats, get those all the time. Uh, people tell me to go play in traffic, that they want me to get hit by a car. Um, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, I made a joke about your sports team and you want me to die? Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Does really make you feel better? This took a weird turn, so I'm going to recenter. Um, what is there to do in Iowa? 
what is there to do in Iowa? So I do not live in Iowa anymore. I did not grow up in Iowa. Um, I just went there for school. So Iowa is, I'm going to tell you what there is to do in Iowa. There's not a whole lot. Uh, I know that there's nothing to do in Iowa. I'll own that. Iowa City is awesome. So that's where the University of Iowa is. I'm sure you guys know that. Um, it's a drinking town, you know, it's a, it's a college town. It's kind of like East Lansing. I've, like I said, I've been to East Lansing twice before. I actually have a really good friend who goes to school uh, at Michigan State. Um, but it's, Iowa City is like East Lansing, but more college -y. So there's 70,000 people in Iowa City and 30,000 of those are students. So the entire population of the town is basically the university. Uh, and so there are just bars, like just um, bars everywhere. Uh, and so we drink. That's what we do. We drink, and um, that's usually it. Where there's not a lot else to do. That's that makes sense. Having college. So you mentioned before that you make videos for your fan base of Iowans. Um, some, I'm not saying I'm not saying this, but some would call them simp's. Uh, what is it like to have an army of simp's at your disposal? Um. <laughs> I won't call them simps. Um, some of them, you know what? Some of them are. Some of them are. The only ones I'm going to call simps are the ones that also like DM me. Uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, they're sweet. You know, I got my start in Iowa media, like kind of having like a personality, like a recognizable face with, with what I do. I pranked Iowa State. I drove to Ames dressed up in an Iowa State t-shirt and asked them questions that clearly were wrong, but the students didn't catch on to it. So they were like telling us how Ricky Stanzi is one of the greatest Iowa State players of all time when he was the Iowa quarterback, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and so that went viral and I got a lot of traction and Iowa fans really fell in love with me. Um, sometimes too in love with me for sure. Um, and so, yeah, I do have simps. I think it's sweet because a lot of them are like just older folks who just like my work and they don't want people saying mean things to me on the internet, um, which is cute. You know, they want to defend me. Some of them are creepy dudes who were like, don't ever fucking talk to my girlfriend like that. And you're just like, I don't know who you are. Please don't say that about me. Um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it does make me feel a little special sometimes. And it was nice when I lived in Iowa because I didn't have to pay for drinks at bars and stuff like that. Well, uh, you got drinks paid for Oh my God. Are you kidding? I was a celebrity in Iowa city. Maybe but, I should, maybe I should rethink this whole burner account nonsense. Yeah. You got to have your name and face <laughs> up there. People. I know literally that the week after my first Michigan state video came out, I went to the bars that Friday. You know how many drinks I got that people were like, fuck state. And like, just bought me like shots. Oh my God. So many. And it's, it's because I pranked Iowa state and people, you know, will respect you forever for, you know, like making your rival look really dumb. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it has its perks, but I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it, it does get a little creepy because fans do like me a little too much and they take too much interest in me, but for the most part, you know, they're just sweet people who like, they don't want people to be mean to me on the internet, but like, I try to be like, Hey, don't respond. Like, I don't give a shit. You shouldn't either. You know? All right, Lucy, final question. This is this is an Iowa basketball question. Oh, um, is is Luca Garza staying an extra year because he wants his dad, Xavier Tillman, to have all the shine in this year's draft? <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> you're so funny. Well, let's just – I will not – I don't know how to phrase this. I was pretty sad that Luca was coming back 
Um, I don't know necessarily now, um, just with the state of, of basketball. And you, you guys as Michigan State fans, I know you don't want him to come back. I get it. Because um, mm-hmm. I was going to dominate the conference this year if we bring Luka back. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have such a stacked roster. It's not even funny. Allowing uh, 100 points a game. I mean, oh, yeah. No defense, but, you know, 120 points a game. Oh, um, I, I've got an Iowa football okay. question real quick. Oh, a football question. Okay, it's kind of a three-parter, but I'm going to word it real quick. For the love of God, when is Kirk Ferentz going to retire? And who would you want as his successor, considering he's probably had the most consistent program in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State for obvious, duh, reasons? And why should it be Brett Bielma, simply because he has the Tiger <laughs> Hawk on his leg? That's disgusting. We don't want Brett Bielema back. We, we we almost got Brett Bielema reportedly, or at least he was teased before Mel Tucker. Consider yourself bullet. Uh, you dodged a bullet there. You're good. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't mess with Brett Bielema. Yeah, I know he's a Hawkeye. Um, I just don't think he fits the Iowa culture, even though who knows what the Iowa culture is anymore. Um, who, who would you want, like ideally, like real quick, like a dream oh, you're, gonna, you're gonna laugh at me when I tell you this and you're gonna be like you were so dumb this would never fucking happen but I'm, I'm going Bob Stoops uh hmm, I could see it Iowa grad loves the Hawks talks about Iowa all the time if he came back for a school I think the only school would be is Iowa but hmm. I don't see Kirk Ferentz ever retiring I think he'll die on the job <laughs> yeah I mean yeah Bob Stoops that'd be I mean Michigan we were kind of talking about him as like potential dream candidate before the fickle, the waffling flake incident. And then uh, obviously hiring Mel Tucker. Then but yeah, Bob was, Stoops is like one of the guys for us. I mean, that'd be home run higher, but. I was trying to trend Urban Meyer to MSU just to mess around. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just yeah. to see what would happen, you know, like yeah, if there's. Know. We got a response from his wife. <laughs> she had to shoot down uh, the rumors. Uh, well, yeah. I don't think you'd want, I mean. Urban Myers winner, but though. does that make any? Well, oh, that would give you a lot of content for oh, videos. Yeah. I was I was really upset when Urban Meyer was like, "I'm done." I was like, "Well, there's all my fucking jokes; they're all gone." <laughs> he's so, he's uh, a he's like a Jedi. He's never really gone, you know. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. Lucy, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, this was fun. I think this was enlightening. You know, for the both of us, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. I hope you don't get too much heat for inviting me on your show. Nah, no, we're uh, now nah, we're good. We'll be fine. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right, Lucy. Thanks. All right, thanks to Lucy for stopping by and talking with us. And now we're going to talk Solo and Rogue One, finish up our talk of the Star Wars saga with the two anthology films in this somehow both expansive and extremely small universe that we call Star Wars. Oh... Everything, everything happens to five people within 50 years. <laughs> this boundless universe, and it's like 10 people experience the same shit over the span of 60 years. And as much as they say for like 
I think Taika is going to do something different, but like if they do another trilogy, we all know where it's heading. So yeah. I think the more interesting conversation is to be had with Solo. Okay. So let's start with Solo. So this movie is pretty notorious at this point. It started as the brainchild of Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the guys behind 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie and Into the Spider-Verse. And they had cast Alden Ehrenreich, who was unknown at the time, but, you know, kind of had the look. He was fantastic in Hail Caesar. Do you guys ever see Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers banger? Yes, he did. Oh. I did. It's... He's he's got a great bit part. He's uh he's like this cowboy western actor, kind of like this Audie Murphy, John Wayne type. Hmm. And the studio wants to put him in like this high society like melodrama. And he like can't he can't like act. Like he walks in like he's wearing spurs, like he does like the wide stance like trot in. It's so fucking funny. And he has this great scene with uh, Ray Fiennes. Oh, my God. He was playing, like, this British, like, like uh, stage director. And Mitch is showing me right now breaking news. Eight UCLA players have COVID-19. Cool. LA's Can a fact show with COVID-19. Can the Pac-12 afford COVID testing? <laughs> there. I know. I know. Boulder's gonna have some problems with that. Oh man, Colorado's gonna need a loan. <laughs> Colorado's gonna need a small loan of two billion dollars to afford. COVID oh yeah, testing. they're on London Club right now, looking around. Just re- LA's a shit show. Like I, I looked at the data on Deadline.com. Nothing's gonna happen there for a long time, and that well, doesn't the- surprise me. Well, the influencers have to be out and about, and you know they're they're running around taking their pictures, spreading COVID, TikTok. doing their TikToks, doing their TikToks. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, they're okay, snacking uh, out there. Oh God, the hype house is the Harpers of Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, okay, I know we're going off on a tangent, but do you see Jake Paul? He yeah, was, his shit got busted. raided by the FBI. There was yeah, a. Did you see like all the guns he had? Yeah, there's a picture of a hot tub, and it's got like a fucking full ass AR-15 with like yeah, like a stocks and fucking extended mag. Like motherfuckers ready to go to war. Like, I, like if this was war zone, that's where I would drop. I would drop at Jake Paul's house. Like, drop me <laughs> off at Team Ten. <laughs> like his house a drop spot. <laughs> Honestly, open it up. Okay. All right. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> was where was I? So, about a third of the way through filming, Lord and Miller get replaced. Um, those guys are famous for their let scenes run, do improv, do all that, you know, 60 takes, throw shit at the wall, see what works. And that's not exactly conducive to high-budget sci-fi storytelling. So they leave, they bring in Ron Howard. Ron Howard, you may know as the director of such films as Apollo 13 and the narrator of Arrested Development. (laughs) And everyone thought Solo was going to be a shit show. It was going to be a disaster. It was going to be totally a burning car wreck. Mm -hmm. 
I went in to go see it in theaters, came out. It was fine. Like, it's fine. Solo's fine. That's basically what I want to talk about. Like, it's, it's not worse than the prequels. It gets way too much hate. No, it does. And you it's know, not it's, it's not that bad of a movie. I was entertained. I got more backstory on Han Solo. It's pretty dope. How he got his name is fucking dumb. I'll say that. Yeah, that's yeah, that, yeah, that is kind of stupid. What's your last name? I'm alone. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> call you Solo. <laughs> that that's like Sounds something good. that's like something that's in one of those fake SNL movie trailers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have a feeling that was in the Lord and Miller script um, and it was supposed to be a lot funnier. And it's just a joke that got butchered by the tone change of having Howard, Ron Howard, come on and film it. I did laugh. Yeah. I mean, I laughed out of stupidity, not because yeah. like it was a good joke. Like yeah. I laughed because it was dumb, but yes, yes. Like, I I'd say the biggest like the movie's fine like you know I I didn't watch it for prep show prep but you know I was pretty harsh on it but you know I kind of read up again on what happened you know between Lord Miller and and the people but it seemed like the biggest person that they pissed off was Lawrence Kasdan and when it comes to Star Wars I think pissing off Lawrence Kasdan isn't a good idea because he gave us Empire Strikes Back, one of the greatest movies ever made. And he, you know, didn't have to do the solo story, but he decided to with his son. And it seemed like that was the biggest issue is that Lord and Miller believed they were making a comedy film. And I don't know how they thought that unless they just, unless wires just got crossed when they were negotiating to direct this movie. Like, I would love for them to someday really expand on what happened. You know, because it's just such an intriguing story that he took over with what? I think he had, let's see, I think he had about 10 months to finish the movie. That's pretty hard. And he supposedly reshot, like, the entire thing, allegedly. And I'd be curious to see the Lord Miller footage that they were bitching about that was bad. And I'd be really curious to see their hear their side someday. It can make for an interesting article. There's there's this great Star Wars comic. Um, I got to provide a little more background. So in Hamlet, there were these two characters called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and they're just kind of around. I I think they might die like in the first act, like the first scene of the first act, like they die super early in the play. They're like Royal guards for the King. And however many years later, this author came up with this book called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, where it's essentially this satire of, it's the satire of Hamlet where the entire story of Hamlet is told through the perspective of these two guys and these two bumbling idiots basically cause all the plot action in Hamlet. Like they're the ones on the other side of the confessional booth when Hamlet confesses to like wanting to kill his stepfather or whatever. They're the ones who accidentally poison the blade. You know, they're the ones who like kind of cause all this shit to go down within Hamlet, but it's like these two jackasses. So you kind of see it 
in Lion King one and a half, where it's basically just Rosencrantz, where Timon and Pumbaa are essentially Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And it's Lion King from Timon and Pumbaa's perspective. That's Rosen, it's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. And Star Wars has a similar comic called Tag and Binks Are Dead, where it's these two, like, dudes who are working on the Death Star who, like, accidentally do all this shit that cause it to get blown up. Like the, like, the reactor has, like, a vent or whatever, and they're the ones who leave the vent open so Luke can shoot the, can shoot the thing into the... It's pretty funny. And Ron Howard like posted a picture with these two dudes and he was like tagging Binks. And I was like, holy shit, they're in the movie. And like, they were like background characters. So that's what pissed me off about Solo. That was a long fucking story, but. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just really more interested in the behind the scenes, but like the movie's fine. You know, it, it's there. And yeah, I, I definitely agreed before, you know, we started when I was cooking dinner, ironically, I thought about it and I'm like, you know, it's not as horrible as I thought. Like, is it great? No, but I'd much rather watch this than episode one and two. I mean, that's, that's without question. That's a slam dunk. And I, I, I always love seeing Chewbacca. So I'll watch a movie where Chewbacca is a main point. And I just, I think the problem is it's, you can feel, you can kind of tell it's rushed in my opinion. Like you can kind of tell that, you know, he, as soon as he got on set, he was on the clock and he did, Ron Howard did the best he could with, with what was given to him. He really did. And I think Ron Howard's a great filmmaker and this isn't one of his best, but I'm not going to put all the blame on him. He was basically just coming in to do like a really good cleanup job on a really shitty effort. Or really have, you guys, uh, have you guys seen Rush with Chris Hemsworth? I love that movie. Great fucking movie. Great movie. Here's a little pitch room for Rush. So, you know, dun, 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 dun. I'm not going to put the Shark, Shark Tank theme music. I'm just going to dun, 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 dun. Watch Rush. Fucking fucks. Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brühl are competing uh, like Formula One drivers. Nikki Lauda and um, James Hunt. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking crazy. Love that shit. And Chris Hemsworth lost like a shit ton of weight to yeah. fit those cars. He shot it in between Avengers and Thor and Thor: The Dark, Dark World, and he like <laughs> literally just shed all his muscle to play this part. It's crazy. Yeah, great movie. I forgot about Rush. I want to watch it now. Um. It's just too bad that, you know, they had to go through this because I'm sure that, you know, if the movie was a little better, it didn't even make its money back. It was a bomb because it cost like $275 million. I'm sure you probably had to contribute on the generous side maybe $100 million to the reshoots, maybe more. And what's interesting is that um, Michael K. Williams, Omar from The Wire – he was originally Dryden Voss, and then he couldn't come back for when Ron Howard basically restarted the film. And that's when they just basically scrapped the character Dryden Voss and redid it with Paul Bettany. Like, I didn't know that. That was pretty interesting. But, yeah, yeah, and all I, all I could see is Vision the whole time. Yep. Paul, Bettany, Paul Bettany did fuck, though. Yeah, he was a great character, but it was just, I was just, I was seeing Vision the whole time. I was like, 
oh, I heard the voice, and then I went, oh yeah, that is Paul Bettany. <laughs> this is uh, oh, this is Vision. Okay. I I I totally forgot Woody Harrelson was in this movie. Now all I can fucking think of is that Pineapple Express or the yeah the Pineapple <laughs> Express two trailer in um, this, this is the end. end. <laughs> it's the people's way, man. Oh, <laughs> So what are what are our thoughts on Donald Glover since he's coming back for a Lando for another uh, run as Lando? What were our thoughts on him? I, I love mean, the guy. Am I, know, I allowed? I love everything are, we, he does. are we allowed to slander Donald Glover, or is he like? I feel like Donald Glover in the internet world is like male Beyonce. Yeah, <laughs> like we're well, just. Well, I mean, we're not allowed. Your Chris Castellani bag. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I like Donald Glover. I like him in this. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just I'm just asking if. I thought he, I don't know. I thought he was good. Um, good, not great. Yeah, and I and I I like how um, I can't remember the name of his droid that he was so attached to, but uh, seven. Yeah, but I I remember. Oh yeah, L three is what is what uh, he called her. Yeah, Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge, baby, Fleabag. Forgot that was Phoebe Waller Bridge. Fleabag getting the bag. I just like I loved how. It explained how the Millennium Falcon got its navigation system. You know, like uh, I, I love anything that gives you more detail. Like, right. like, like it, they could have broke it. Like they broke the Hobbit, which is the shortest of the Lord of the Rings movie, up into three into three movies, and they then they did three like super long movies for the other ones, which were significantly longer than the Hobbit. I would have preferred more Lord of the Rings movies. Like, I like detail. Yes. I, that, I, I'm on the exact same page. Harry Potter. Harry, like, like, I didn't read the Harry Potter books before seeing the movies. Like, I, I when I was a kid, I could not get through them. They didn't keep my attention. And then when I was an adult, I finally powered through and just, and they were great. I can't. And now I, that was part of the problem. And, and now I hate, and now I hate the movies. <laughs> hate the movies. I, yeah. <laughs> Or, uh, I, love, I love Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I watch them every time they're on. I own them. I like whatever. I think it was funny that Lawrence Kasdan sat down one day in the late 2000s, sat down on a Sunday night, turned on Fox, and started watching the Family Guy Star Wars special. <laughs> and sat down and watched as Chris Griffin was like isn't parsec a unit of measurement not a unit of time oh and he went fuck (laughs) the remote the tv fucking shattered it and spent the next nine or so years of his life trying to explain why the kessel run is in parsecs and not like a unit of and not like a unit of time and was like well uh, there's like this fucking cloud. There's like this fucking ass monster that like fucking <laughs> with tentacles and shit. And like you could go through there, and it's like less distance, but like it's super dangerous than just like going through like this like approved space route thing. When really, like George Lucas didn't know what the fuck a parsec was and picked it because it was a space word. <laughs> just threw a dartboard. <laughs> I love what I love what Star Wars does shit like that. Like that's extremely my shit. Like I know I shit on uh Palpatine coming back in Fortnite. Whew. But I just love what Star Wars does shit like that. 
like you find out Hux is you find out Hux is betraying the First Order on a fucking amusement park ride that nobody can get into. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> except for you, Lucas. Twice, baby. Twice. That's I love that. Where it's like, well, what do you mean? You didn't know? I love that. I love that so much. That's so funny. I mean, I guess you could say they're ambitious, you know, like uh, the big time movie boys throw that word around. Um, I, I, Solo's fine. I should probably watch it again, but it's, it's, it's kind of a case of what could have been, I think more than any other, uh, maybe not more than any other Star Wars movie. I think the prequels are a whole, what could have been, but this one for sure, like, God, I, after reading all this shit, I just I, I said again, I really want to see the Lord Miller footage. Really want to see it because I heard it's I heard like Alden Ehrenreich was getting pissed off because he's like, I don't know what the fuck they want me to do. They just tell me to sit there and talk and make make jokes. Like I heard that was like him and Kasdan were the biggest ones to get them out of the set. Yeah, I think I think the problem is if you don't have a cast full of actors who like understand an improv set, mm-hmm. then you're going to have problems. Like I'm sure him and Amelia Clark were driven a little crazy by, mm-hmm. by Lord Miller just going like, keep going, keep going. Like I can yeah. kind of see how if you're used to like saying everything down to the letter, like those two people probably are, I can see yeah. how that kind of like freedom can be a little crippling. Well, that's what Kasdan said. He, um, to appease Kasdan, I don't know if Lucasfilm felt the directors were encouraging too much improv from the actors, which was believed to have been shifting the story off course from the Kasdan script to appease Kasdan, who was unhappy with scenes not being filmed, quote unquote, word for word. Lord Miller shot several takes exactly as written and then shot additional takes. So that sucks for the actors. It's just like you have two sets of directing, but then they're just like, okay, say this shit that this guy wants. We don't really give a fuck just to make him happy okay, now here's what we really want you to do. I could see getting so pissed off at that so quickly. So I think one thing that connects this movie is that they were both kind of, they were both kind of fucked with during production. So let's switch over to Rogue One now. Yep. Rogue One released in 2016. Um, Gareth Edwards still has a directing credit. But it's highly publicized and heavily rumored that Tony Gilroy, who was given a screenwriting credit on this film, who made films like Michael Clayton, which fucks. Michael Clayton fucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Watch Michael Clayton. Uh, came in and either finished the movie, did reshoots, Edited the movie around. Five weeks of reshoots, it says. Yeah. So, that's... Hmm. Uh, Chris Wrights. Chris Weitz also has a a screenwriting credit on this movie, which is crazy. I didn't know that. But uh, Chris Weitz is most known for writing American Pie. (laughs) Yeah, he co-directed it, I believe. Yeah, so... that's uh that's uh that's a bit of a culture change (laughs) diverse filmography (laughs) i really like rogue one yeah rogue one rogue one rogue one's rogue one's good 
that's little bit the... of member berries with the Darth Vader shit, but like Darth Vader tied into the story to where it really you kind of shook off that member berries at first, and then obviously the end scene is fucking epic. That was awesome. Oh my awesome. god, it's it's one of the best scenes in Star Wars in the Star Wars saga. Uh, Darth Darth Vader posted cringe when he said, "Be careful not to choke on your own ambition after choking out Krennic." Yeah, that sounds like an SD tweet. Oh, uh, well, motherfucker! Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I liked. Uh... <laughs> no, Mitch, shut up. I, I, no, like, I, no, I, I got it. No, no, Brett and I. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Listen, it's classic. It is. Fuck it is classic. I, I thought you were it's taking shots at me. Are you like no, taking... no? Okay. You only drop. You only drop classics on the timeline. Like that's the ultimate compliment to Darth Vader's line and to you. Like that, I can. I, I like when you just said it now. Like I mean, I just like put it in kind of like the universe of your tweets. So choke me, Darth Vader. Step on me, Daddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me the Death Stars <laughs> in my creation. <laughs> I I think it's a real I but okay so Cassie and I really disagree on this because I keep saying it's a banger of a movie. She doesn't like it because you get to know these characters over the course of a little over two hours and then they all die. That's dope. I said that's fucking cool. Yeah, it was, and it was well done. And there was only and you know you know the best part. There was only like a minu- a, just a little bit of love interest. Where it wasn't like over and over the top and too much. Like they right. liked each other towards the end of the movie. They hate each other at the beginning, and then they die. And she didn't need him, like really, to to complete her mission. No, it was great. They, they did a good job there. I I really wonder what was wrong with the movie when Tony Gilroy came aboard. I I believe the. Some of the, uh, the ending, right? Yeah, it was the ending was too dark. Ooh, I love the see movie. It. The movie ended with Jin and uh, what's Diego Luna's character's name? Cassie and, uh, Andor. Cassie and Andor. The movie ends with them like embracing on the beach. That's how the movie originally ended. Right. Gilroy came in and shot the Vado hallway scene and the scene where. Uncanny Valley Leia gets the gets the plans. Uh, that was right after she died, to, or right before she died too. Yeah. yeah, I got I got the notification that she died while I was in the theater. Oh Ooh. my god! Yeah, I might, as I was as I was, I was as I was walking out, I got the notification from like uh, from like Apple News that she had died. Was it the day? Was it the day of? Was it the day of the release? Um, I think it was the opening weekend. Although, I. I pro- I was probably pretty close. Like I probably saw that. No, one. she she died December twenty seventh. So it was like a week or two after it came out. Yeah, because I remember she was on an airplane. They had to, you know, take her off of it. She was suffering. Some something happened to her, and then like two days late, a day later, she was gone. Oh, so um, no one, no one. I, I go to Florida every year for Christmas, and the Star Wars movies have had Christmas e release dates the last you know few of them or whatever mm-hmm. so that was what i would do one day when like i was on vacation um no one else likes movies like no one else that i go with nicole's family doesn't like movies nicole doesn't like movies so i go alone um i do too i love going alone 
I like going alone because it's cheaper, but uh, I'd rather go with people. But the whatever. experience of going to the movies alone is so much better. Like I started going to the movies alone a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I fucking love going alone. Yeah. Well, well I that's, love going with my wife. I'm gonna say that. That's my that's my big problem with this whole Mulan to Disney Plus thing and like Black Widow to Disney Plus thing. Like I ain't trying to spend thirty dollars to watch Mulan when I could spend six dollars to go see it in a theater. But you can watch it forever. Like that's the cool thing that they're doing is that. So I'm gonna own it. Yeah, no. you, you. Yeah, I thought that's what they said. As long as you have it's, access to Disney Plus, it's a rental. So it's like it works like the regular PVOD. So it's thirty dollars. Huh. You get it for forty-eight hours. Absolutely not. And you can yeah. access it on Disney Plus. I mean, if they, if like ten million people, ten million subscribers buy it. I think they've done a good job because there's like 65 million subscribers and yeah. you know, if you get like a third of them, you're making a shitload of money off this thing. But uh, Rogue One. Not going to be me. I'm for, I think they're making a Cassian Andor series too, aren't they? They are. Yeah. James right. is coming back. I like, um, sweet. Again, an, another, again, this entire universe and the same thing happens to these, 80 pe- these fucking 25 people over the course of 60 years. If it makes you feel any better with Clone Wars and Rebels, it's many, many more people. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm still on I'm still on season 3 of Clone Wars. I haven't uh I've been distracted. Yeah, I I've been out ruining football. I haven't been able to catch up. Yeah, I've been out ruining football and also like other shows have just grabbed my interest more. Yeah. But um another member Barry's moment was the whole um Jin or so at the hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Like oh, yeah. that, that just gave me big Carrie Fisher vibes. The R two D two and C three PO thing was insufferable. Oh, wasn't it like they were about to take off to go to the Death Star or to go to that planet? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, where are they going uh, to? Yeah. Like, just random. I remember seeing that at the theater. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, and I thought, I mean, our, my good boy, Mads Mickelson, was awesome in it. He's awesome in everything. I fucking love that dude. He, Mads Mickelson does fuck. Great Hannibal, different Hannibal from Anthony Hopkins. Great Hannibal, great one of the best Bond villains ever. And um, you know, I'm sure I'm forgetting other shit he's done. That's just bad since I said um, uh, he's my good boy. But um, yeah, he he was great in this. They were all good. Like Ben Mendelsohn, I like Ben Mendelsohn. He was good. Um, he's basically stereotyped as a stereotypical. He's typecast as a villain now. Like. He did this, and then he did Ready Player One. He's the villain, and he was a sub-villain in Dark Knight Rises. Like he just plays a bad guy in everything. And Alan Tudyk, 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 and uh, he was good as Katuso. I really, he was probably my favorite droid. Katuso was out of all the Star Wars movies, which is saying a lot. Was um Tarkin was CGI in this too, right? Because he died. Uh, yeah, I wanted to get your I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on both Tarkin and Leia. Like kind of being dead for this movie. Really incredible. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys think of the effect? I mean, it it was good enough that you couldn't really you can't really tell. I mean, like you know, but you don't know. 
I think Tarkin worked better because he was kind of concealed in darkness and he never really got his full face. Uh, but Leia, Leia was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. That, oh, that, like super young Leia? Yeah. Yeah. I mm. thought I thought the Peter Cushing CGI was way better. Like, you can kind of tell, but it's way easier to pull off. And... I mean, he was still a great villain, and he was he was good in A New Hope, but I thought he was just as good in this movie. It was a pleasant surprise to see him back and see, um, uh, you know, James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. You can tell, like, the voice is older. It kind of makes you sad a little bit because you're like, man, this dude is, you know, he's fucking 89 years old, and he's still doing it, which is pretty badass. And... You also, I totally forgot that um, Bail Organa and Mon Mothma are in this movie, too. Yeah, who plays, who plays Mon Mothma? Genevieve O'Reilly. She looks exactly like the, uh, like, like the uh, person who played her in, uh, in Jedi. Return of the Jedi, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing her, and I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> Did they do CGI? No, they didn't. Oh, fuck. What? Hmm. Wedge Antilles was a voice cameo, apparently. And Warwick, Warwick Davis was in it. He's in everything Star Wars. He's like the good luck charm. Uh, let's see. Oh, Ryan Johnson was in the movie as a Death Star technician. I kind of want to watch it now and look for him. I, rem- I feel like I remember that. I mean, I know what he looks like, so it would be pretty easy to... Because I remember Gareth Edwards was in Last Jedi. Like, they kind of traded off with each other. <clears throat> he, like, he like was next to the dude who licked the salt on Crate yeah. before uh, the assault. I like, yeah, I like how they do that sometimes, like, with the Russo brothers in, uh, in uh, Endgame and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Russo was- brothers were in Endgame? I got to look at that again. Uh, yeah, he was uh, in the it, – it was only – I think it was only one of them. He was uh, in the support oh, group. He was yeah. in the support group with Cap. He was the, the, gay, the gay guy. Okay, that's right. I, I I remember saying that in the theater. Like, oh, that's a fucking Russo brother. Yeah, um, yeah I like Rogue One. It was different, and it kind of felt like a nice breath of fresh air compared to Force Awakens. Now, I was really excited to see Force Awakens. And I'll stand by my excitement forever. But, you know, when you watch that movie, you're like, this is basically a new hope. And, you know, watching this, it was like, holy shit, this movie's got some balls. Like, uh, all the char- all the main uh, protagonist characters are fucking dead at the end. That's just, <laughs> like, I, I don't remember a movie doing that in a long fucking time. I just, uh, it, it was just another movie where it gave me more details. And yeah. I... I enjoy it. Like, I, it helped me understand how they got the plans and, and like, how uh, Leia ends up, you know, making that message for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and loved it. I'm all about it. Oh, man. I just saw – sorry, yawning. <clears throat> Aaron Paul was eyed for the male read low, lead role as Cassian Andor. Got to get off the – got to get off this planet, bitch. <laughs> I like Aaron Paul, but I couldn't see I could not see that happening. Cassie and Andor when the Death Star blows up another planet. He can't keep getting away with this. Did 
did you guys see um the the guy was like all of the Star Wars titles are wrong. Did you guys see that video? Yeah, yeah. that was fucking dumb. I hated that. <laughs> that really <laughs> I mean, it's kind. It, it was kind of dumb, but he's also kind of not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's not wrong in the same way where you fuck up a formula on a math test, but still get the same the same answer. The right wrong. answer. The right yeah. answer wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you get half credit. Forgetting the answer right, but your work is wrong. Right. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. Like, it's like, okay, I know we all have shit in our uh, time to do shit because of quarantine, but, like, I saw, like, the first one, and I'm like, okay, I just turned the video off. <laughs> it's like he just did a random generate. Okay. He saw the TikTok, he saw the TikTok thing, and he was like, yeah, I want this. Yeah. <laughs> Episode four should have been this. Like, oh, fucking A. I'm done, man. Sorry, because that was shared on the, uh, um, on our lights, camera, barstool subreddit. That's how I found it, and I'm like, oh, god damn it! Like, really? We we need to go back to normalcy sometimes. (laughs) Don't think about this shit. Yep. All right. So good movie. Really good movie. Yeah, good movie. Solo's good. Solo is good. I'm gonna die on that hill. Gets too much. Yep. Gets too much hate. Solid. Gets movie. too much hate. Uh, Mitch, thank you for joining us and yep. for uh, being our shaman through the Star Wars universe. Brett, <laughs> your first time through all the Star Wars movie. Final thoughts. I really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, not every movie is to like greatness, but I think as a whole, it is like an incredibly fun experience and. I'm looking forward to kind of delving more into like, I know like you have the Mandalorian out there, mm-hmm. like Clone Wars and everything. So I am excited to see those. And then hopefully like, I know Mitch alluded to it earlier, like any type of movie that provides more information is always going to be helpful. So I'm really looking forward to kind of uh, what's to come. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and I mean, Closet Rich will probably set up a, uh, private tour of Star Wars land at some point so I know yeah I was just on my gold phone we're just setting that up stay tuned we're gonna get that on the the bacon warrior podcast network for newest podcast starring Brett and Mitch closet rich and MAGA rich Rich. no it's funny I just set up a a private viewing with uh, solo with the original director so I'll be uh, solid Like Star Wars, like my final my final word, uh, like Jerry Springer, you know, I give these movies a lot of shit. I give most of them a lot of shit, but I fucking love Star Wars. Like I said, it's the reason it's my it's my name. You know, I got named after Star Wars, and um, you know, there, there's there's some shitty movies, but it, I I think of the good. You know, you live, laugh, love. I think you I think you think of the good. As instead of the bad and there's so many good moments that it's just you know even for episode nine like i watched the trailer and i choked up and then i watched the movie and i choked up in the opposite way so it was you know it, it puts <laughs> a lot of emotions out of us for good and i think that's what makes it fun to talk to and especially with brett being new to the scene we get to i get to relive those great moments that i love again and hopefully we can do that with another movie universe i mean if it's Harry, Harry Potter or whatever, you know, I don't, I don't watch them, but you know, it'd be cool <laughs> to do this once in a while. 
or you know every or however often <laughs> until our until MSU comes back. You don't uh, like Harry? Wait, 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 I saw SP. some Harry Potter you slander going on. Yeah, you, you don't like Harry Potter? Uh, I'm not transphobic, so no. Okay, um, okay, okay, okay. Let's calm down. Yeah, we, we gotta, okay. we J.K. Rowling sucks. J.K. Rowling is trying to ruin what she created. J.K. Rowling's pulling a Mark D'Antonio. Okay? <laughs> J.K. Rowling is pulling a Mark D'Antonio. I, I, I kind of like the movies a little bit more when she said that the wizards pissed and shit. They just like disappeared. It <laughs> disappear. I'm like, okay, maybe I should watch these movies again. I rewatched it with my best friend and. They're fine, but I don't know if I could power through them. Uh, I, mean, I watch – if there's a Harry Potter weekend, that's where you'll find me. I yeah. – my thing with <laughs> – my thing with the Harry Potter movies is a more intense version of my problems with The Office where it's not a problem with the media per se, mm. right? Like my problem with The Office isn't The Office – no, and my problem with Harry Potter isn't Harry Potter. It's mm. the culture around them. The Kevin Spill chill. If I see one more fucking Photoshop of Donald Trump as Voldemort, I am going to lose my fucking mind. Hey, SD. We, we are, you Slyther- are you a Slytherin? What? Are you a Slytherin? I don't know because I'm not, not going to sit there and fucking take personality tests to figure out which fucking Hogwarts house I would get into. I'm a Gryffindor. Um, you take that test at fucking 24, and you're supposed to take it when you're like 10. So there's no accuracy, right? <laughs> you take the test knowing the answers will get you into the house that you want. It's not accurate. There's no accuracy. I'm starting a union, and I'm going to call for accuracy in Harry Potter house sorting. Well, Cassie did the when we did the uh, Warner Brothers studio tour on our honeymoon, she did the whole, like they had a Harry Potter room. I'm like, Oh, okay. Sounds good. And she did the, uh, where they put the hat on. Hat. And I forget what one she said, but she might've been one of the main ones. Um, she wanted me to do it. And I'm like, Oh, I know I'm going to get Slytherin. I'm too, go, I'm too toxic. Go get her. We got, these are the uh, important things. I'll, I'll follow up with it later. And, right. uh, she's my, I always thought you know like back to you know I love how I love Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead and like Tag and Binks are dead and all these like alternative takes on like established media like if you're like a third year Ravenclaw when Harry comes in like what the fuck that'd be lit you just don't finish school like you're just uh, like out of school for like two thirds of your, of your schooling career just because Harry Potter comes in and decides to fuck shit up every <laughs> single year. I mean that's not really true though. They always finished. No, they didn't. They didn't finish four, five, six. They definitely didn't finish seven. They finished. <laughs> they finished. They finished four. Cedric died. The Triwizard Cup was over. That was the end of the school year. Okay, fine. They didn't finish five, six, or seven. <laughs> My favorite. Five. It's like COVID interrupted everything. Yeah, like, it's like Harry, Harry Potter. Potter is COVID. Harry Potter is the COVID for Hogwarts on the Wizarding yeah. World. When is <laughs> just constantly fucking the world up with they no regard for anyone else? They literally else. finished every year but seven. My 
my favorite memory of Harry Potter seeing in the theaters, I watched uh, the final movie, the eighth one, the Deathly Hallows part two, and the scene when Voldemort and his, his gang is about to kill Harry and um, is dead silent in the theater. And I sit next to my buddy and he lifts his leg up. And right when Voldemort <laughs> says, Harry Potter, are you ready to die? Rips this gigantic fart. And the whole theater heard it and just burst out laughing. And I'm like, okay, I like this movie a little bit more now. I mean, right. I, if we if we wanted to rewatch them, I I would. But I think the one we should do is Spider Man. So here's so here's the plan going forward. Next week, I'm gone. I'm gonna be fucking up football somewhere. I'm not gonna be here. Sweet. So we recasted the X Men into the MCU with Darian Harris. That is gonna run on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Mitch joined us for that. And then when I come back. Um, I think the plan is we haven't run it by him yet, but I'm going to say it on the podcast. So it's legally binding. We're going to go through at the very least, the Raimi Spider-Man movies with big yeah, staff. I want to do Raimi with him. Oh. And um, whether or not we're going to do all the Spider-Man movies, regardless of Sav wants to do them or not, but we're going to do the Garfield movies. We're going to do the oh. Tom Holland movies and we're going to do Spider-Verse. So we're going to do, we're going to do all of them, whether or not Sav joins us for those or not but sal will join us for the raimi trilogy i have he's under contract if we get breaking news msu related brett and i will hop on and figure something out to because we know the millions of listeners will want to hear hear the bacon wire voice somehow yeah if the season gets canceled or something crazy happens they'll hold a meeting i'll try to call in and do dial in yeah dial in Jay Nakins eventually commits. If, well, if uh, it's it's we'll figure it out. Uh, Mitch, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking us on this journey. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, fellas. Go green. I'm always fucking up and wrecking shit. It seems like I perfected it. I offer you my love. I hope you take it like some medicine. Tell me ain't nobody better than me. I think that there's better than me. Hope you see the better in me. Always end up better in me. I don't want to ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. I don't want to ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. I don't want to ruin this one.
stay strong, we gon' live long I don't wanna ruin this one This type of love don't always come and go